Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Manchester Reserve podcast for the Manchester Evening News. I'm Rich Fay. I'm delighted again to be joined by Liam Corliss. Hello. He's back on the podcast. Hello. Been a long, long yeah, time coming. Yeah. The fans will be delighted to have you back. He made some outrageous comments from what I can remember last time you were here. Oh, what about uh, Chris Smalling? Chris Smalling, I think, yeah. I think every place. I don't think they were too outrageous. I think they were very accurate. Uh, well, yeah. we'll let the fans be the judge of that. And okay. Tyro Marshall. Hello. You are becoming a first-team regular. Um, the United podcast, Easing though. my way in. It is a, a debut on the United podcast, yes. Yeah, so, so I'll uh, try and continue to ease my way in. Let's hope. Yeah, we'll get, so, yeah, fans, send in your feedback on Tyrone and Liam. Uh, we need to know how they're performing. We don't really have this sort of scathing review as we get close to Christmas. <laughs> yeah, player but, ratings are welcome. <laughs> but United did give a bit of joy on the weekend um, Liam a win against Fulham albeit a dreadful Fulham side I don't think you can uh, every time I've seen United praise this week you've had to add the caveat of how bad Fulham were 40 goals have conceded in the league this season but United can only beat the team who's in front of them and that is what they did at Old Trafford yeah uh, I think Fulham probably were the worst team that I've seen at Old Trafford this season especially in the first worse half worse than United oh well Oh, you've thrown a curveball in there. Um, I think, yeah, I think they probably were, to be honest. Uh, second half, they improved. Ranieri obviously got to put their ideas up a little bit in, um, in the second half. But first half, I thought United were really good. Pressed from the front, very energetic. Obviously got a good early goal. Um, Ashley Young, absolute screamer, cutting in from the from the left wing and bending it into the top corner. And then from then onwards, it was quite routine up until half-time. And then, like I said... Uh, Fulham improved after the break um, it was a routine win for United yeah and the win that Tyron that United did without a couple of their star men as well no Marshall no Sanchez mm. encouraging to see on that aspect as well that United can win without maybe two of their bigger names maybe not Sanchez as much but yeah. Marshall's certainly been yeah. the best player this season for United yes I mean Sanchez is a bigger name but uh, I'm not sure we'd be describing him as a star player on the, on the evidence we've seen so far but yeah encouraging to do it without Martial as Liam mentioned it was kind of a carry on in terms of energy and pressing from the Arsenal game without some of the errors thrown in and you know it's been good to see kind of not so much a new United but you know a bit more sort of energy and pace and aggression and pressing in their game over the last the last two games and I think that's something they really need to look to try and build on and Liam, one player who epitomises maybe that new sort of energy and pace, Diogo Delo. Um, we had mixed reviews of him last week against Arsenal, at least. I thought it was good going forward against Arsenal, but looked poor defensively. Again, we didn't seem tested too much against Fulham, but going forward, he does look like a real asset for United. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought he was a lot better than you thought he was against Arsenal. Um, it's a game of opinions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I thought he was, defensively he started off slowly against Arsenal but I thought he cottoned on quite quickly uh, so that's why I, why I tweeted after the game to say he was outstanding uh, again against Fulham he, he wasn't really tested as much as he was against Arsenal but going forward he put in a, a lot of quality balls he was up and down all game lasted the 90 minutes again uh, which is testament to his fitness given how long he's been out for uh, so yeah I thought he was fantastic and he's just one of those players who you look at and you think he looks like he's going to be a top class player like the, just just his body language and, and the way he runs the way he moves the way he dribbles with the ball I mean he's, he did more step overs in that match than Antonio Valencia has done in his entire United career so 
uh, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting big things from him going forward. Taryn, do you sort of echo that view from him? I know we've had um, strong comments from the media. I mean, Mourinho said he's basically the heir to Gary Neville. There's lots of hype around him and he's still quite an enigma. We've only really seen him play properly three, four times a season. So mm. there's still a lot to come from him, but encouraging sort of early spells. But I did see also on the on the weekend some fans saying, well, I remember when Matteo Darmian came in, I, I, that they thought he was going to be the solution to their fullback wishes. But uh, yeah, I mean, carried away too early on. Yes, you can't. But there's a lot to be excited about with Dallow, especially going forward. And, you know, he's still only 19. He has got vulnerabilities defensively, but at 19, you'd probably expect that. And I'm sure, you know, that, that part of his game will will come on. I still think, you know, if you threw him in at Anfield at the weekend, it would be a real test for him, you know, a test defensively. But going forward, he looks a really exciting player. And, you know, it gives, gives United a bit of a new dimension, really, because they've not had someone with that kind of directness and that crossing ability for a while and if you could get him and Luke Shaw and you know providing those sort of attacks from deeper at fullback then I think that's something United can really build on in terms of the way they build attacks and and go about it because there's two very direct quick fullbacks there who can can really sort of push you up the pitch yeah and Liam I guess that comes on to a different question I guess we've seen this sort of more dynamic uh, game plan since Delos coming to the team but also his inclusion those crosses in from the right hand side not only step overs but crosses to the box more of them he's done in that one game against Fulham and Valencia's done for years really and do you think he is the key to getting the best out of Lukaku up front? <clears throat> I mean you'd have to say he wouldn't harm his chances I, I'm not a massive fan of Romelu Lukaku as I've said in the past but if United are going to persevere with him which well, I think he only played against Fulham because Martial was injured but if he's going to play uh, if he's going to regain his place as a regular and you've got Dallow putting in balls like that from the right and if Young's going to play on the left like I don't know if he's going to keep his spot when, when Shaw's fit you've got two very good crosses of the ball putting the ball into the box and if Lukaku's movement's on point which I've got to say at times this season it's not been uh, he's, you know, he's got the finishing to, to be able to put those chances away yeah, it's two goals in three games now for Lukaku. Regardless, I know it's, that's only a microcosm of his recent form, which is, was dreadful before that Southampton game, regardless. And even the two goals he scored, the one against Southampton was a good finish. The one against Fulham, harder to miss anyway. But um, Lukaku, I guess, maybe while we're on him as a general topic, uh, do you think he still has the ability to sort of turn around his fortunes at United in the recent weeks? Yeah, I think I think he does. But uh, if United and Mourinho are going to persist with this kind of you know, aggressive pressing approach, then, you know, I'm not sure he particularly suits it in that attack. I think you'd be far better off with, you know, Rashford and Martial and, and maybe Lingard sort of just behind him. I think they give you a lot more energy and a lot more dynamism in terms of pressing there. So if that's a route you're going to go down, I think you want their energy ahead of Lukaku. But, it, you know, it's going to be horses for courses, I'm sure. And the goals will do him some confidence. He's always been kind of a streaky confidence player. So, you know, to get two and three suggests that perhaps he's about to embark on a bit of a run. But it, it depends how United want to play, really. And I think I think there's some excitement about the possibility of Rashford and Martial up front together and really sort of pressing the opposition or forcing the opposition to mistakes. And I'm not sure Lukaku really fits with that with that strategy. Yeah, it's also worth pointing out that Lukaku's goals coming at Southampton and Fulham, who are statistically two of the worst sides, maybe even in English football so far, in the leagues anyway, at least this season, two teams have been dire, really, in, in all respects. But uh, Liam, do you agree with that in, in terms of the attacking line? Uh, Marshall, Rashford, Lingard, do you think that's the best front three United have? Or do you think Mata should be in there? Or I think if everyone's fit and they're going to, like I say, employ this high-press strategy, I think uh, the pace of Rashford, Martial and Lingard's 
crucial to that. I mean, Matt, Matt has not really got the pace. Uh, he, he doesn't really suit that system similarly to Lukaku, but maybe for different reasons. So, And um, I think Martial and Rashford as a two up front would excite the fans as well uh, they, they might have a bit more patience than they have with Lukaku when Lukaku plays and he's not playing well you can tell the fans get on his back whereas if it's uh, a Martial Rashford kind of double act up front they're going to have the patience from the fans and that, that might give them the time to, to build a bit of confidence as a partnership yeah so Liam's dissected the forward line issues there he's, he's confirmed what United fans want really <laughs> going forward but uh, Tyrone there's one man we've still not mentioned which I'm not sure how we got this far into the podcast and not done it the Paul Pogba situation again he didn't start on the weekend didn't feature really um, what do you think the future lies for Paul Pogba in that United team Herrera replaced him in central midfield alongside Matic Matic who mm. seems cannot be dropped from this United team that's a different issue altogether maybe but Paul Pogba what do you make of yeah well it's a you know you said it's a surprise you're not spoken about Pogba what we're better 10 minutes in and yeah. he wasn't on you substitute at yeah. the weekend but it, you know it just shows that he's always whatever his role whatever his position he's always you know the talking point isn't he again if they're going to play this way then I'm not sure that at the moment he gets in that team if you're going to play if you're going to play quick you can play counter-attacking and get the ball forward quickly you know I'm not sure it's Pogba's strong point but you'd think there should be a role for him in that team there has to be a role for him in that team if you can get the best out of him but that's been the problem for United getting the best out of him and finding a, a structure to that midfield that, that he can perform in but on recent performances and the way the midfield's performed in the last few games you know it, it's hard to see how he gets back in that the game at Valencia is going to be a real you know he's obviously going to play he'll probably play the 90 minutes it's a real chance for him to to him to impress and force his way into that side against Liverpool and I think he's going to need a big performance tomorrow night yeah I guess that sums up the whole situation with Pogba Liam that it's a relative dead rubber game for United it's one that Mourinho's already confirmed Pereira and Romero will start two players who are fringe players the fact that Pogba's going to be playing as well it sums up his sort of fortunes at the moment at Old Trafford uh, yes yeah, so. I suppose it does, but it is a big chance for him to prove himself um, against Arsenal and Fulham. Obviously, as Tyrone said, he doesn't really suit that high press style. So, and we saw it um, in the second half of the Arsenal game when Fellaini, uh, Pogba, and Lukaku were all, all came on as substitutes. Um, United suffered as a result. So, in terms of this game, kind of. Well, the fact that he's going to play in this game, proving how out of favour he is, I think it's more just the fact that he just doesn't suit the system at the moment, the system that Mourinho's going with. So do you think going forward he suits United if if this is the system United have to <clears throat> to, to cope with? Do you think there is a way of getting him into the starting eleven? Well, it depends really. It depends if he can adapt to that system. Like, Has he got the energy? Has he got the will? Has he got the drive to, <clears throat> to play like Kevin De Bruyne does for City? Who's a... <clears throat> Drive sort Sorry, of I'm just deep. coming back from yeah. a cold here. So. It's okay, we'll get some sympathy set in for you, don't worry. But, but yeah, the role that De Bruyne has where he's he, anywhere really midfield, he can drive from deep, he can lead the attacks. He's a supreme talent, just like Pogba. And Pogba just needs to have the energy levels that De Bruyne has. And he's, there's obviously a place for him in the team if he can do that. Yeah, he is, he is United's best midfielder. He's probably United's best player, technically. But he just needs to have the passion, the drive and the work rate to play in this team. Yeah, it's interesting you make. I guess in the last year and a half, it's only become clear that De Bruyne maybe is a better player at the moment than, than Pogba, but the, the debate was still 
<clears throat> well, yeah, before, before, even Keel last, at the start of last season, definitely. Well, two, two or three years ago, I think, did De Bruyne sign for City in 2015, Pogba came in 2016, yeah. before they both came to back to the Premier League. Uh, they both had huge reputations, like, and Pogba's was probably higher. That's very true. Yeah. That is very true. But yeah, <laughs> Tyron, going forward for, for Pogba, do you think there is a, a way of, I guess, the similarly in the way we talked about Lukaku, do you think Pogba's future should like, you know, do you think there is a way he can flourish under Jose Mourinho or do you think that's just a mismatch? I mean, on, on what you're seeing at the moment, it's it's a mismatch. But, you know, there should be a way for him to shine in that team. And he's, you know, he's got to go about it in his way and prove it in his way. But he, you know, this role we're talking about, he could do that at Juventus. He did that at Valencia. You know, he's, he's still a relatively young midfielder. He's quick. There's no reason why he can't, you know, play this role and fit this system. He's one of the best midfielders in the world on his day. So he's perfectly capable of adapting to this system and forcing his way into this team and finding a role into this team. But at the moment, it's up to him to perform and it's up to him to sort of, you know, to show he can follow those instructions and, and fit into that style. We know he can. We saw him do it at Juventus, but he needs to show that he can do it in Manchester. Yeah, and I guess sort of lastly on, on that Pogba bit, you always see on social media, you always get some maybe cynical fans <coughs> and opposition supporters who say, you put Messi in that United team, he's going to struggle. It's the way that United play. It's Mourinho. It's the fact they play defensively. But do you think it is, and this Pogba-Mourinho debate, do you think it is down just to Pogba? If he is as good as people say he is, he's got this reputation, like you say, everyone says he is one of the best midfielders in the world. Surely if you are, you perform in any team you play in. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's probably too much made of the the Mourinho Pogba relationship. I mean, Pogba, it's an easy target, isn't it? Isn't well, it? yeah. Well, Pogba, well, Mourinho's targeted for anything that any United yeah. player does wrong. So, but uh, Pogba's been at United for two and a half seasons now, and I did an article the other day. You could count on on one hand how many big performances he's put in, in big games. There was there was City away last year, uh, and Arsenal away last year, and I couldn't think of any others. Neither could Kieran. Neither, neither could Samuel. Uh, so yeah, I think far too much is made of the, the Mourinho, Mourinho-Pogba relationship. When I spoke to Alan Shearer earlier this year, I asked him about the issue when it was... Because it's, kind of, it's kind of plateaued, this Mourinho-Pogba thing. It's, it's been, like a never-ending... It's like a broken so record. It, it seems every week we have to bring it It's like a dodgy again. marriage. Like Sometimes it's saying it seems like it's really good, then sometimes it seems like it's really low. When I spoke to Shearer, I said, what do you think of it? And he was saying, basically, you don't have to be mates for your manager. You, you you know you play for you play for your football club you don't play for your manager so I think yeah far too much is made of made of that relationship and also you play for yourself you play for your pride the name on your shit you play for your like, family yeah you represent, you'd, you'd you, hope you. so wouldn't you you'd hope so yeah I guess it comes down to maybe the attitude and that and I guess we'll link this point with what's on the horizon January transfer window everyone gets excited by that of course it's always going to be about the talks of arrivals but a player like Pogba the, the beauty of United is that even though he's played so badly his transfer value is still so sky high and there does seem to if you believe the report be lots of suitors who would take him off United's hands if the opportunity arose do you think there comes a time uh, where United need to maybe just cut their losses and look to reinvest again and get rid of Pogba or do you think there is still time for him uh, I think there's still time for him I don't think we'll see anything happening in January just yet Um you know, he's he's a weapon. As I suppose it's painful to say, he's a weapon for United off the pitch as much as he's on it in terms of marketing and things like that. So I can't see they're going to be in a rush to sell him, even if Mourinho says he doesn't want him. We've also got to remember that Mourinho's future isn't hugely clear at the moment. You know, given how United have have gone about things this season, how they played this season. So I think it's a case of get to the summer and, and assess it from there. If if United are flourishing again and 
Pogba's in the team and playing well, then it's a non-issue, isn't it? And I don't think there'll be any rush from any side to, to get Pogba out of the club at the moment at all. Liam? I guess as a, from the United point of view as well, that's something that fans would not want to see Paul Pogba leave. Uh, I'm not so sure. I think the tide's turning a little bit. I reckon at the start of the season, people would have been team Pogba, but I reckon it's probably 50-50 at the moment. Um, I personally think if United can get what they bought, what they paid for him, which I think is very likely that they should sell up and maybe invest in another area of the team, maybe get a, a world-class number nine. I mean, you know my view on Romelu Lukaku. I don't think he's good enough. Uh, and also maybe invest in another centre-half, which obviously is what Mourinho's wanted ever since, well, since the start of the summer. Yeah, that comes on to nicely the January transfer point. And we always hear every week about how United do need to maybe invest in Mourinho wants another player in the January window. It always comes back to the centre-halves. The usual names always crop up. But do you think Mourinho already has centre I know we've had the Lindelof injury, which hasn't helped at all. But you've got an abundance of centre-halves. We've seen more of them. I know we spoke with, you've seen Rojo, you've seen Jones, you've seen all these players who you thought haven't had a chance in. They've played in the recent weeks. They've all had games that looked okay as well. Rojo looked all right against Arsenal. Jones has looked okay in recent weeks as well. Do you think there's already enough options at centre-back for United to, to get through to the end of the season? Because why would the board want to back? As you said, Mourinho's future is uncertain. Why do you want to spend big, get another centre-back in who's only going to really add to your, mm. to your conundrum? Yeah, I mean, that that is obviously an issue that the board are going to look at in January. And we know that, you know, they were, they were uncertain about signing a centre-half and what centre-halves to go for in the summer. There are a lot of centre-half options in that squad, but I wouldn't say that any of them are putting their hands up and pushing to be included in the world-class bracket. You know, there's some, there's some decent centre-halves. Victor Lindelof's been good this season for his injury. You know, he's been much improved. Bailly was good the other week. And the fact that they're two Mourinho buys who have shown that you know that they might still have a future and they can perform recently probably strengthens Mourinho's cause in in terms of getting another centre off in in January but yeah I think they are they are a a world class or even a close to world class centre half short they've got a lot of centre halves but you know a lot of them are much of a muchness and I think you could ship out two or three and and probably not miss them yeah I think almost every centre half if you put them in that Everton team you'd say, yeah, that's probably about their level. Mm. So that's what I have. I don't see maybe one standout player. I mean, like you said, Lindelof probably is the, the better one on form, but everyone else, you can make a case for them. I mean, that's the whole point. There is not one centre-off at the club who all fans unanimously agree should still be maybe at the club <coughs> or even starting the games. Mm. But Liam, we come to you for the controversial opinions. Do you, do you think Mourinho deserves to be backed in the giant transfer window or do you think oh, his what? track record... Why, why give him a contract at the end of last season if you're not going to back him in the transfer window? It's a good I, question. I, well, obviously they didn't they didn't back him fully in the transfer window. That's what so, I didn't get. So I mean, they, the they gave him his new contract, but in the summer it was abundantly clear for maybe over a year that United needed a new centre back, and they still did not get one. I don't care if the World Cups happen yeah. or not; you still need to back your manager, surely, especially when you know what the gap is between you and City at that point in time. Not spending money is not going to close the gap. Mm. With United's current centre backs, I was I was literally thinking of this term much of a muchness when Tyrone said it, and uh, they've all got like good runs of form in them, but they've all also got ricks in them, and like you know when when a rick comes, there's going to be a poor run of form, like where, whereas with a player like Toby Alderweireld, you know you're going to get what you're getting every week, you're getting a consistent performance every week, and that's what United are short of, and that is why I think. You, the board needs to back Mourinho and bring a player of his calibre into the club in January. Well, United, you said they need to have a bit of consistency. If, Go Tot- if Tottenham lose tonight as well. 
Yeah, you know? we have the game yeah. tonight, Tuesday night, Champions League, Tottenham might, need to get a result away at Barcelona to get to the knockout stages. And if and if they don't get through, maybe Aldevaro will be easier to come by, maybe he'll want to come. So it could be a, a huge boost for United, that sounds like a piece on the MEN on Wednesday morning written, doesn't it? <laughs> we, we shall see about that. But you talked about consistency uh, and what United need going forward. Tyrone, of course, mm. this might get dated quickly, this podcast, but we're on the eve of the game away at Valencia. Um and certainly that's not going to do his favour the squad have just travelled out to Valencia we've just got the pictures through we don't know who's in the squad at the time of recording <laughs> this podcast that's not helpful for us but the game against Valencia changes expected from the weekend it's meant to be a, a much changed side we've said Romero, yeah. Pereira, Pogba all getting an opportunity is there anyone else you think deserves a chance against Valencia? Um, oh. I mean it's a tricky one that obviously Mason Greenwood was training this morning if, if he's travelled then you think maybe there's a chance he'll, he'll be on the bench? I think, I mean, I think Marino will make changes and I think he's right to it. You know, I, I United aren't going to top the group. You can't see Juventus slipping up against young boys. So yeah, I don't think this game particularly means anything. And I don't think a defeat would halt momentum if you make changes. I think the bigger concern is the Liverpool game at the weekend. And if you get a result there after what happened against Fulham last weekend, then you really are building some momentum, I think. So, you know, I would make changes... With Martial, Martial didn't train this morning. He's not going to play tomorrow. With him out, I don't think you want to risk anything else happening to Rashford, possibly even Lukaku. So I think, you know, I think Mourinho would be right to be careful and, and make a lot of changes tomorrow and, you know, just let the game play out, get what you can out of there, give a few players some experience, but just move on quickly and, and focus on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I guess from... Mourinho's point of view in terms of Lukaku here Liam it is a bit of a, a mixed bag because in terms of a big game away at Anfield I know we didn't have a great time last year but Lukaku might be a player he wants to turn to especially if he's got an already injury crisis on the weekend but Lukaku a game against Valencia already out of the Champions League might be an opportunity for him to maybe to build his confidence and maybe have a maybe an easier night in front of goal of maybe less criticism yeah, I think he'll play tomorrow night. I'm pretty confident of a few players that Mourinho's going to bring in. I think I think the defence picks itself. Of Smalling and Lindelof are obviously both injured. Uh, reports this week that, that the Smalling's been playing with a broken foot since United's last Champions League game. He's not going to be playing. Um, so I think it'll be Baye at the back, who was, who was back in training today. Ashley Young will play because Dallow didn't train today. Uh, I think Phil Jones will play. I think Ashley Young will play at left back. I think in midfield there'll be Fred, Pereira, Pogba. Uh, I can see Matt playing, I can see Lukaku playing. And it's just a case of you know one more player. But um, yeah, I think it would be a good opportunity for Lukaku to continue his good form. Like, he's got two and three now. I know he didn't, didn't have any in 12 prior to that. But I mean, this is a Valencia team that's struggling in La Liga, the 15th. You know, they're realistically the, the, the fight in relegation. Uh, and, and we know how much Lukaku loves to score against uh, struggling teams. He's got a reputation as a flat trap bully. So maybe a, maybe another goal's on the horizon tomorrow night. And I guess another player who'll be hoping to get a chance is Fred. Uh, Mourinho said recently mm. that he's not really had sort of the, the strength in defence to justify playing Fred. He wants him to have that freedom going forward. Like Liam said, it's a game against a team who are struggling for goals, struggling for wins. Not only that, it's a game in which, as you said earlier, if he was to lose, it's not the end of the world. I know some people might make it out to be but mm. maybe a chance for Fred to really show just what he's been bringing, 
being brought in for and give it an opportunity to showcase his attacking talents and what he can offer to the United team. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think he needs to be given now the, the platform to, to show what he can do. Um, obviously, there is the issue that Mourinho mentioned about wanting a more secure defence and perhaps a bit more protection in defence before he before he lets someone like Fred off the leash, maybe. But I think the only way he's going to get used to, to how United play and what's wanted from him and what the manager wants from him is to play games so this would be an ideal game to do that I think it might make for a more attacking midfield for United but that might be no bad thing so you know I think the, the only the only way Fred is going to improve at United and get used to United is playing games and this looks like an ideal opportunity to, to get him in there and you know give him close to 90 minutes of course the victory potential victory against Valencia could be the perfect springboard ahead of that game on Sunday afternoon Liverpool in the Premier League not lost in the league all season but deep down you think Mourinho might have a knack of being able to get United to get a result away at Anfield Liam do you do you share that view? Uh, I don't know they're playing well aren't they you know reluctantly admit that um, but yeah he has, he's, got, he's got a knack of getting results in big games he's got a knack of getting results when it matters and you know <clears throat> probably the biggest result he's ever got at Anfield was was the one that denied Liverpool that title in uh, in, in 2014 so um, look it depends how, how, he, how he sets the team up that, that'll kind of tell us how he's going to approach the game if, if he sets it up like he like he did against Arsenal like he did against Fulham we'll know that he's kind of stuck to this this new high press approach that, that he's um yeah, they, they've obviously implemented in the last two games. But if he doesn't do that and he's playing this kind of beanpole midfield of Fellaini, Matic, Pogba, plays Lukaku up front, you just know he's just going to be, he's trying to make, going to try and make it a physical game, maybe grind out a nil-nil. So obviously we're not going to know until an hour before kickoff on Sunday afternoon. But um, I think I think if, if United go toe-to-toe with Liverpool, realistically... I don't think they're far enough along in the development in this system to be able to cause Liverpool real problems. So I wouldn't kind of, I wouldn't begrudge Mourinho for, for going back and trying to make it a really physical game and maybe grind out a nil-nil. Do you agree with that, Tyrone? I guess lastly that United's best chances of win might be by making it ugly, trying to subdue what Liverpool's threats are and just taking maybe your set pieces and getting a bit of luck maybe on the day. Yeah, probably. I think... I think a lot of us would like to see United sort of play that high press style again and, you know, play the pacey forwards and you know, it'd be a real test of sort of the development and, and where they are along the line. But, you know, it's... It, it could also it, see them suffer... Yeah, it could see them, it could see them suffer, you know, a, a defeat. And it's it's not really Mourinho's style in a game like that, I don't think, to, to go and, and produce such a bold approach. It'd be no surprise if he went for the taller players again and be defensive and just try and frustrate Liverpool as Liam said he's, he's relished that role in the past you know that that one that denied Liverpool the title I think was when he turned up in his tracksuit and you know, was trying to make a point but absolutely relished making life difficult and, and ruining Liverpool's plans so I don't it wouldn't surprise me if he if he went defensive and tried to keep it tight and you know as well as Liverpool are doing this season they haven't been as dangerous going forward Everton were seconds away from getting a point there a couple of weeks ago and, and had chances of their own so you know, it's not a fortress, I don't think. So if United do go there and, and try and keep it tight and stay in the game, then they've got every chance of doing that. So, Liam, finally, I guess, do you think there is a realistic possibility United could get a positive result at Anfield on Sunday? Or um, Well, there's always a possibility United-Liverpool. You know, you're saying games like this, form goes out the window. United have got a good record at Anfield of late. 
last few years. Um, I think most United fans would take a point. Uh, I'd think they'd take that point with a scrappy performance as well. Uh, Liverpool top of the league. Same old City a second, so um, I don't know. So horrible just to even talk about this. Uh, yeah, I think I think I think a point a point would be a good result. Yeah, I think that's unanimous, isn't it? Yeah, agreed. Tyrone, yeah. thank you very much for joining us today. Liam, likewise. Oh, you're welcome, mate. I'm sorry, I let you. You look like you're feeling quite ill now. I'm not sure if it's an illness or it's the thought of talking about Liverpool being beaten top of the league. <laughs> I've been in, been in so since seven a.m., mate. Oh, get old. the violins out. I'm sure. Tough the, life, isn't it? I'm sure all the fans are going to be sending in their get well soon cards. Oh, but you'd hope so, wouldn't you? We'll see. Two big games for United this week. Please stick with us at the MEN for all the build-up to both games and the latest news and reaction from Old Trafford. And please. Please make sure to subscribe to the Manchester is Red podcast on your relevant podcast platform and please do leave us a review.